With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hello and welcome to episode 171 of GigPod, the Glasgow's Green Podcast. I'm your host Rizzo and it's our cup final special where we'll be previewing this Saturday's Scottish Cup final against Everness where Celtic hope to win the treble for the eighth time ever, which would be a world record incredible enough. So joining me on this pre-brief as ever is Spunkphone. How you doing mate? Not too bad John, not too bad. I've um, just about recovered from... Last week's festivities, ready to do it all over again this weekend and looking forward as well to chatting about the, the cup final. Yes, unbelievably there is a, a cup final this weekend and a lot of the chat around Celtic at the moment and, and particularly today, uh, Thursday when we're recording this, has been about something else, but as I'm sure you'll address for the wonderful listeners in just a moment, we're not going to be talking about that today. No, we're not. I mean, obviously, there is a lot of speculation about Andrew's future and rumours reporting that he will be joining Tottenham soon. But there's been nothing concrete yet. There's just speculation and hearsay. And until there is something concrete on the agenda, like if it's announced that Tottenham move for him, or if God forbid becomes Tottenham's manager, then we will do an emergency podcast next week. But for the moment, it is still all rumour, and we felt we'd just sort of leave that to one side now and concentrate on the game and Celtic looking to win the treble for the eighth time in our history. But rest assured that if anything does happen with Ange next week, we will, of course. We will be doing an emergency podcast, which will be interesting, no doubt. Right, enough of that, and let's go on to talking about the game. Yep, we're playing Inverness, who, as everybody knows, we've got a... An interested record against in the Cup. We have been beaten by them on three occasions, as they constantly like to tell us, in 2000-2003. And that notorious game in 2015 where uh, a special assistant referee who was literally yards away could not spot a handball in an open goal. And we ended up losing 3-2. But we have beat them on four occasions in the Scottish Cup, so all isn't all that bad. In fact, we hammered them 6-0 in 2017 on the way to the Invincible treble. And there was also a memorable win in 2007 when those Celtic legends, Stephen Presley and Kenny Miller, both scored an injury time. He gave us a, 
a famous 2-1 win at Inverness. So it's broken phone. What are your memories of some of our, our past jousts with Inverness in the Scottish Cup? Well, John, um, I don't want to make you or indeed some of our listeners feel old here, um, but I'm going to anyway. Fortunately for myself, I'm too young to remember the uh, infamous defeat in 2000 uh, or the subsequent Scottish Cup defeat in 2003 to Inverness as well. However, I do remember the 2015 semi-final defeat well. Unfortunately, I was at that particular game. As you went over there, there was that pretty astonishing handball from uh, Josh Meekings, I believe it was. And we had the assistant referee behind the goal just yards away. Steve McLean had a, a pretty decent view of it as well. And of course, in that season, we were gunning for a treble at that stage. I think it would have been Falkirk in the final. They'd beaten Hibs the day before. So lower league opposition again. I don't really like the, the route I'm going down here, to be honest, talking about lower league opposition in the cup final and defeats to Inverness. So I'll, I'll come up with a more positive memory. I was at the game as well, the, the 6-0 victory over them en route to the Invincible treble. From memory, I believe Dembele scored a hat-trick that day and I remember Scott Brown scoring right at the end. The other two scorers escaped me, John. Do you happen to remember them? Thank you, Spunkphone, you swine, for putting me on the spot here. I don't actually remember, but with the magic of technology, I shall uh, look them up. Well, Mikael Lustig scored. I remember Mikael Lustig scored. Of course, Scott Brown scored, as you said, one of his best ever goals for Celtic. Uh, a sensational shot. Yep, it was Lustig that opened the scoring. A hat-trick for Dembele. Kieran Tierney with a header, I think, and Bruni completed the scoring. Yep, 6-0 on the 11th of February, 2017. Probably our, one of our biggest, probably our biggest ever win over Kamalak, over Kamalak, over Inverness. God, Kamalak, another, another final of days going by. I've just had a flashback to No, that was uh, that was probably our best ever performance against Inverness in the Scottish Cup. In fact, it definitely was. So, yes, that's a much better memory. Thank you for that, Spunk phone. And, just to briefly go talk, mention the 2015 game again, we've actually got two players from that game that's still involved now. James Forrest started that game, and Cal McGregor was an unused sub in that game. And, of course, he will be captain in Celtic on Saturday. But, Spunkphone, do you think we should now go on and briefly talk about Inverness with the notes that are being provided to me by our dear leader? Yes. <laughs> right, okay, short and sweet. Right, so just some brief uh, things about Inverness. They are managed, of course, by Billy Dodds, a great, great guy who was, of course, at Rangers. Their top scorer is William Billy Mackay, who scored 19 goals in all competitions this season. The teams that they beat to get to the final are Stirling Albion, Queen's Park, who they originally lost to but got a bye against because Queen's Park played an ineligible player, Livingston, Kilmarnock and Falkirk. In the semi-final, I think they beat them 3-0. And the style of football that they play is, according to our, our leader, a 4-5-1 without the ball and a 4-4-1-1 with the ball. So before we go into the Celtic team and more cup final stuff in general, how do you think Inverness will approach the game? Do you think they'll like play men behind the ball and like try and hit us in the break and try and get set pieces against us? Because they'll have a look and up until last Saturday against Aberdeen, our defence had looked... Slightly dodgy, especially against Hibs and Rangers, and St Mirren, who could have had a few, who could have scored a barrel. How do you think Inverness? Because we are paying them respect, because that's the sort of guys we are here at Gigbod. How do you think they'll approach the game? Do you think it'll be defensive backs to the wall, or do you think they could maybe surprise us and just go for it? They've got nothing to lose. What's your thoughts on that? 
Well, I must confess, as much as we are paying them respect here um, and trying to preview the opposition for the listeners, I haven't watched a whole lot of them this season. I was on one of my many trips to Dublin when they played Falkirk in the semi-finals, so I didn't actually see that game live at the time, obviously. I since watched the highlights, I saw them possibly once or twice as well on the wonderful Friday night football on BBC Scotland that they do with the championship games, which I must say I, I do enjoy thoroughly. Free air football is, is always a, a nice bonus, especially in this day and age. In terms of Inverness, I think it will be a, a pretty, um, yeah, backs to the walls, if you like, um, sort of set up from them. As much as we have looked shaky, to put it mildly, at the back in, in recent weeks, I do think just with the abundance of quality that we've got in attack, they will set up to, to play on the counter. One thing I will say is they do have Billy McKay up front, who we know from kind of days gone by. Obviously, I think he's 33, 34 now, but he is always a, a danger man. He obviously scored twice in the semi-final, so... He will be a threat, and I'd imagine he will actually provide a, a bit of a test for Carl Starfelt and whoever starts alongside him in that defence. Obviously, we'll get on to preferred starting 11s and, and that um, later on, but I do think he'll be a, a threat for them. But I do think they will set up to basically try and get through the first kind of 15, 20, 25, 30 minutes, even potentially, of the game. Just with the, the attacking threat that we've got, I think it's the only way for them really to, to set up. Um, as much as you say they've got a, nothing to lose and it is pretty much a, a free hit for them, they've already exceeded expectations by getting to this stage. I do think if they want to if they want to beat us on the day, they will have to be pretty resolute defensively. So I do expect them to set up in that sort of rigid 4-5-1, particularly out of possession. Yeah, but I have to be honest here, I haven't saw much of Inverness myself and the fact that they didn't even make the playoffs in the championship this season, I mean, shows that their cup form and league form is like completely different and the, the fact that they've reached their first cup final in years is like testament to how well they've done on any given day and that shows, I think, that Celtic won't be taking them lightly. They'll treat Inverness with plenty of respect and I think... The events of this week in particular that we aren't talking about will have the players focused, so I don't think there's any danger about that. But, I mean, I think we will treat them with plenty of respect. They deserve it. They've reached the final on merit, even though they did finish sixth in the Championship this season. It's still a great achievement for a small club. They get to the Scottish Cup final, even if like they are like heavy underdogs, they won't be looking at it that way, they'll be looking at it. As you say, they've got a free hit as a one-off. Anything could happen. Celtic could be sluggish turning a poor display, but we'll need a guard against that. Right, and before we talk about Celtic, let's have some more cup facts. This is going to be the first Scottish Cup final at Hamden that Celtic have played in with fans since 2019. Memorably beat Hearts 2-1 with uh, Odson Edwards scoring a double. Lenny, of course, the manager, appointed in the showers shortly after the game. The, we did get to the final, of course, in 2020, but that was in December of that year, and we were in lockdown. If we win the Cup, it'll be our 41st Scottish Cup victory, which is a record. And Spunkphone, I've got a question for you from our dear leader. Do you know what year the highest attendance at the new Hamden was in? Not the old Hamden in, like, the 80s. What was, what, in what season was the highest attendance at the new Hamden? Do you want to have a guess at that? I do not have a clue, to be honest with you, John. Is this um so this would be post renovation? So we're talking 
mid-90s onwards. Yes. Uh, I haven't got a clue. <laughs> Fine, well, okay. I did get asked to test for it. It was actually 1999 when we played Rangers in the final. 52,670 was the attendance. A game that we unfortunately lost 1-0. Rod Wallace, I think, get the only goal. And we were denied a penalty near the end. Hugh Dallas was the referee. Nothing else to say in the matter. Right, so we've talked about Inverness. We've talked about Cup Final Trivia, which everybody knows. Let's go on to who will be in the Celtic side. I think the majority of the team picks itself will be Joe Hart and goal. It'll be the usual fullback pairings of Greg Taylor and AJ. I saw that AJ was doing the press conference today, so I don't think there's any concern about him being out of action. I think he'll be fit and ready to start. It'll be Carol Starfield at centre-back. And one of the big topics of conversation is who's going to be partnering Carl Starfield. There are a couple of options. Yuki Kobayashi, but it should be remembered that he was very poor in that game against Hibs last midweek. Stephen Welsh is an option. He was in the squad for the game against Aberdeen at the weekend. And of course there is, and I'll get this right this time, Tomoki Awata. There you go, Stevie. Who started the game against Aberdeen and looked fairly comfortable. He had been poor prior to that against Simarne, he couldn't cope with Curtis Main, but he done well against Aberdeen even though Aberdeen offered practically no attacking threat, and I'm predicting that it'll be a centre-back partnership of Starfield and Awata. What's your prediction for that spunk phone? Or do you go along with me, or do you think the manager might bring one of the other options in? I would echo exactly what you've said there, John. I think, um, as you say, the the rest of the, the back four and goalkeeper kind of picks itself. Obviously, it'll be Joe Hart, Taylor, Starfelt, and obviously we've heard Alistair Johnson's trained all week, so I'd be very surprised if he didn't start at right back. As much as after the St Mirren game when, let's face it, Curtis Main did run both him and Starfelt ragged, I did say on this podcast, I, I thought that particular experiment would be over in terms of playing a water as, as a centre-half in a two, at least, because I, I know obviously he'd played in a three previously um, in Japan at one stage, but just him alongside one other centre-half rather than a, a back three or a five. I did think that was a an experiment, which um, obviously didn't pay off on that particular day, and I, I didn't think would be repeated. But credit to him, I think he looked relatively solid against Aberdeen, as you said. They, they offered kind of little to no real attacking threat, but on the ball, very comfortable. I think that's going to be one of the, the kind of main things, I suppose, on, on Saturday is that we are going to have the vast majority of, of possession. It will be 70 kind of 80% upwards, I would imagine. So having someone there who's obviously good distributions, comfortable in the ball, I think will be a big factor. Um, and given that he played the last game there in the league at centre-half and I say played well, um, I do think it will be a lot to, to play alongside Starfield and um, the rest sort of picks itself. Yeah, been talking about the rest, let's go into the midfield next and a player who will obviously start the game, unless he has an injury in the next 24 hours, is Captain Cal McGregor. And I reckon it'll be Rio Hatati and Matt O'Reilly. Aaron Moy has been ruled out and said he's not recovered from his injury and it's a, a shame for him really when you consider how important he was to us in the run in the Scottish Cup so far. I mean, that opening goal against Hearts in the quarterfinal for one was a, a big moment in the run so far. So it's a pity for him that he's out injured. So I think it'll be the usual three of 
McGregor, Hitati, and O'Reilly. I don't know if it's who I'd go for, really, because I think O'Reilly at times can flatter to deceive, but I know the manager loves him, and I would think that he'll be on the team, and he'll probably prove me wrong by having a goal and, a goal and an assist, and he'll have shots and goal anyway, because we know he loves his hunting name, and at least it doesn't like blast him out the park like Ryan Christie, who played for Celtic and Inverness. My God, he'll have conflicted loyalties this weekend. He doesn't blast it out the park like he does. So are you agreeing with me that it'll be the usual three, uh, Hatati, O'Reilly and McGregor? Yes, yes, I'm in agreement there. You mentioned, obviously, our, our old pal, Ryan Christie, as well, who we never criticised on this podcast, of course, definitely not in the, the COVID season. He's been doing a kind of a media tour recently, hasn't he? I mean, obviously, as you say, he's got an interest in the game, given that he's played for both sides um, and won the Scottish Cup as well with, with both clubs. Um, obviously won it with Inverness in 2015 and ourselves on a couple of occasions. So he will have, as you say, mixed feelings. But I've got no mixed feelings when it comes to the, the midfield three come Saturday. I do think it will be the, the three um, of McGregor, O'Reilly and Hattati. I think it kind of picks itself at the moment. Obviously, there's been a lot of this season where I've been angling for Adam Moy to be part of the kind of strongest midfield three, but he's unavailable, so... I do think it will be Matt O'Reilly, Hitati and, and McGregor. Um, and much like the the majority of the back four, it does pick itself. I suppose the other big question, alongside who's going to be partnering this Carl Starfield in defence, is who's going to be up front. And before we get to that, I think on the wings, it'll be Jota and I think Dyson will come back. We know he was suspended last week against Aberdeen after his daft red card against Hibs. But just like Matt O'Reilly... The manager absolutely loves Dyson, and he's backing the first team at every opportunity. And even though he's a up-and-down, frustrating kind of player, he has got that moment of magic in him, and you only need to look at the Scottish Cup for that. The winning goal that Jota scored against Rangers in the semi-final was all thanks to Dyson's ingenuity. He got the ball when all the Rangers players were standing about, expecting a foul for a free kick in Scotland, would you believe? And he put that brilliant cross in for Jota. So I definitely think it'll be Dyson because the manager loves him. And Jota will definitely start because when he's on his game, he's the best winger in Scotland and will be picking our strongest team. And really, on to that upfront question, I actually think O will start. As everybody knows, Kyo got injured last week against Aberdeen. O replaced him and scored two goals. And I'll read out what Ange said today at his press conference when it comes to Kyogo. He said, Kyogo is progressing. He hasn't trained yet. The plan is to get him out there tomorrow and see how he goes. He's doing some individual stuff this afternoon. He's pretty bullish about playing, so we will just see how he goes. But I think it's too much of a risk, really, for him to start when he's not trained at all this week and he could only have one day's training before a cup final. The last thing we would want is for him to pull up injured again in the first like, 10, 15 minutes. It's happened to him before this season. We don't want that to happen again. And I've got plenty of confidence in O. I think he's been unfairly criticised at times for the chances he's missed against Rangers and Motherwell. And he's scored some good goals. You'll need to look at his two goals last week. That header that he scored, we talked about it on the pod the other day, was a really well-executed deft finish. And he done well to make the run. He anticipate Jota's free kick, kept hitting the bar and coming back to him. I mean, the guy off the line probably could have cleared it, but I thought he'd done well. So I've got no qualms at all if O has to start. I think it will be O that starts, and I think Jota, and I think Kyogo will be on the bench, I'm sure. He will feature in the game at some stage, but I just think it's too much of a risk to play him from the start. And we've got Haksabanovic back as well. He's recovered from his injury. 
He suffered against Hibs last week, so there's a, I think he'll definitely feature as well. But for my front three, they start the game. I'm going for Dyson, Jota and O. What are your thoughts? John, the listeners are going to think that we've uh, conferred off air uh, and agreed beforehand because I must say that is 1-11, to the team that, that I think will start as well. Uh, so as you touched on there, I mean, Kyogo, as much as he has played a cup final on one leg before, obviously with uh, the game against Hibs last season, I do think it is a, a bit of a risk, particularly if he hasn't trained all week. Obviously, he's done a bit of um, stuff by himself, but he's not been with the team. So I, I think he will make the bench. But as you say, I'm I'm confident I know as well. He's obviously finished the season fairly strongly. Three goals in his, his last two games. Obviously scored twice against Aberdeen. Um, got a goal at Easter Road as well. So I'm, I'm confident, to be honest, if he starts through the middle uh, in regards to the, the wingers as well. Dies obviously back from suspension. As you say, he can be a bit of a frustrating player at times, but he, he did create the goal in the semi-final for Jota with, again, a pretty frustrating performance of his. Probably his only real moment of quality in that game, but it, it does show that um, he can produce that quality in those big moments and big games. And, and obviously, we know he's a, a favourite of the, the manager, probably a, a preferred choice there throughout the season. So I do think it will be him off the left-hand side, Jota off the right. And I do think we'll go with, with O to start. Hopefully, fingers crossed, Kyogo's fit enough to uh, to start on the bench. You know, whether he's needed later on into the game or if, touch wood, we're ahead with a few minutes to go, we can even bring him on just for a, a run out, just to cap off what's been a, a sensational season for him. Um, but I do think we'll go with O from the start on Saturday. Yeah, I think so as well. And it should be remembered that he did score his first goal for Celtic in the Scottish Cup when we beat St Mirren 5-1, a close-range effort after a shot was saved. And just looking at the games we've played in the Scottish Cup so far this season, I mean, we beat Morton 5-0 in the first round. Aaron Moy scored twice. Kyogo scored twice. David Tumble scored. And I mean, I think if I was a betting man, none of the players will be starting on Saturday. As I say, we beat St Mirren 5-1. Dyson opened the scoring. Hitati scored twice. O got his first goal. Matt O'Reilly got, I think, his first goal of the season in that game. Then the quarterfinals, maybe our best performance of the season when we took Hearts apart, 3-0. Moy scored in the first two minutes. Kyogo scored a lovely wee back heel in the, just at the end of the first half. And CCV, who of course isn't playing on Saturday, scored a header. And then as we've talked about in the semi-final, Jota would only go against Rangers. I didn't think we were at our best that day, but we kept Rangers at arm's length and deserved to win. Right, so I think before we go into our predictions, we should really talk about how Celtic are going to approach the game because you've got to think that we'll have the majority of the ball. I mean, as I keep saying, no disrespect to Inverness, but even against like Rangers, the Celtic part of the season, we had the majority of the ball. Every game we've played practically in Scotland, we've had the majority of the ball this season, maybe apart from maybe one or two at Ibrooks. But we've dominated every game possession-wise. And I think it's important, especially when it's a cup final and a game that we are heavily favoured in, that we don't panic if we don't get an early goal or if we miss chances, if we hit the bar or hit the post or if like, the Inverness goalie pulls off a couple of wonder saves. I think it's really important that the team just keeps calm and doesn't start to panic and like, just changes the way we play. I mean, I hope we continue to play our usual inverted commas and ball style of football like passing with the fullbacks like jump into the attack inverted fullbacks and we try and pass it through the middle and use the wingers I hope we don't start to just pump the ball long 
and try and get it to go because I don't think that would do him or us any good. I think it's really important that if we don't get an early goal, which I think a lot of people might expect us to, that we just keep calm and keep playing the same style of football. And I think even if Inverness take the lead, I think it's important that we do that as well because I think Inverness could well get chances in the game. They'll be looking for set pieces especially because we know that we have been dodging at times when it comes to set pieces this season. They'll be looking to exploit that. So I hope that whatever happens in the game, we continue to play the way the kind of football we usually do. We don't panic and do anything daft. And I hope Andrew's seen that in the players this week. I mean, obviously there's a lot of outside noise because of the constant speculation over Andrew's future. But I'm just hoping that they tune all that out and they're just going to play our usual game. I mean, some of the performances haven't been great in the last few weeks, but I think that was just the team coming to a plateau after winning the league. We saw the real Celtic against Aberdeen last week. And I'm hoping that we continue in that frame of mind against Inverness because it's really about what we do on the day. If we play our best, we should win comfortably. And that's no me being arrogant, it's just being realistic. As you say, I think Inverness will obviously get chances um, in the game. It'd be naive to think that they won't. They'll look to obviously use you know cross balls and, and set pieces. As, as I said earlier, they've got, a, I, I think, still a, a bit of a danger man in, in Mackay up front who obviously aerially can be a threat. So I do think that's something they'll look to exploit. So we just need to be strong and robust defensively, which we have lacked a bit of since obviously uh, that victory over Rangers in the semi-final and, and Carter Vickers obviously been missing for the, the last few games of, of the league season so that's something to watch out for. In terms of how we approach the game I think it will just be the the same as always. Um, I said earlier on I expect us to have 70-80% of, of the possession and I do fully expect that to be the case. I expect Inverness to obviously sit back but even if they don't necessarily want to by design I just think with the way that we approach games and the, the quality that we've got, particularly in midfield, we are going to dominate the ball. Obviously, as you say there, we might not get the early goal. I mean, if, if they do chuck a good few men behind the ball, as, as we suspect they will, then it could be difficult for us to, to break down. As much as we'd all love an early goal, it is important that, as you say, the, the team don't let it get to them if we don't score early on. Um, And, and obviously just persist with the, the style of football and the approach that's got us to where we are, which I think will be the case. I mean, we fully expect O to start. One thing he does give you is a, a bit of a different kind of out ball than Kyogo, if you like. You can go long and maybe mix it up on occasion, but I don't think that will be the the approach anyway, because I don't expect Inverness to, to press us in the same way that maybe certain other teams would. I don't think the approach will change from us uh, on, on Saturday at all, I must say. Yep, relentless approach. We never stop. That that sounds like something that a manager would say. <laughs> but I think we should uh, briefly talk about the the potential atmosphere at the game and that wonderful 5.30 kickoff time that was done, of course, so that the game wouldn't clash with the English Cup final, Man U versus Man City. Of course, we've been told that it would be shown live in England. That's not true. BBC One England are going to show, I think, Homes Under the Hammer or something about gardening or something like that. So, good job there by those that run Scottish football yet again, made to look like numpties. But, I mean, I think the atmosphere is going to be interesting because, obviously, there is all this speculation about Ange. I think some people might be going into thinking, this is Ange's last game, what's his body language going to be like, who's going to be at the game, or some former Celtic managers, no naming any names, Going to be at the game. In fact, that's something, as you as you know, Spunk Phone, I'm going to the game and you're not. You can be on TV watch and you can tell us on the 
on the review show, if you supported any former Celtic managers on TV, if they were shown, that'll be something to look forward to. But I think uh, the the atmosphere is going to be interesting because I think people will be getting tanked up before the game. Of course, I won't be doing that, probably. But, uh, and I think, as well as people think it might be Ange's last game, people might think that the game could be a foregone conclusion. We don't think that, like, of course, on GigPod. So, what do you think the atmosphere is going to be like? Do you think it'll be flat? Or do you think, uh, if it all goes well, it'll turn into a, a celebration of Ange and this team? Especially if it turns out to be Ange's last game as manager. Of course, he, he didn't, if anybody's wondering, at the press conference today, he didn't say anything about leaving. He just said a couple of weeks ago, another guy was favourite for the Tottenham job. He, he brushed it off as everybody expected him to. So, what are your uh, thoughts on what the atmosphere of the game is going to be like? Well, first off, John, thanks very much for rubbing in. Not for the first time, the fact that you've got a ticket and I've no. I must say that the whole telewatch thing did actually pay off when it came to the League Cup final because it did spot my idol in the crowd, Mr. Alan Brazil, although unfortunately I believe he's on holiday in Marbella at the moment, so I don't expect he'll be in attendance. Um, however, I'm sure our old pal Brendan Rodgers probably will be, um, given that he's not really got much, much else going on at the moment. In terms of the atmosphere, as you say, I mean, there's the potential for it to be maybe a little bit flat, given the speculation sort of surrounding Celtic and, and Ange this week, which obviously we don't want to talk too much about at the moment. It is just speculation, but I do think, helped by the kickoff time, maybe slightly perhaps, as you say, folk will be tanked up and in high spirits beforehand, um, to put it mildly. It is still a chance at creating another bit of history. It's a, a shot at another potential treble um, and we'll have you know 40 odd thousand Celtic supporters in attendance so I do expect it to be a, a raucous atmosphere to be honest I don't think the speculation in the week will dampen the mood too much and obviously if it goes well and if it's a nice sunny day for everyone to enjoy as well albeit it'll be evening by the time we kick off and I think that'll possibly add to the festivities as well but no, I'm, I'm expecting a, I'm expecting a good atmosphere I must say Yep, sorry for rubbing in the fact that I'm going to the game and you're not. But uh, I promise not to do that next season or whenever we talk about a Celtic game again. Right, so there's only one thing to do and that's to get our predictions. And I'll let you go first. You usually are the guy that goes first when it comes to predictions. What is your prediction for the Scottish Cup final 2023? So as much as we've obviously sat for the duration of this podcast and many others in the build-up saying that we'll treat Inverness with... Respect, the game is not a foregone conclusion, etc, etc. And I do not believe that it is a foregone conclusion. I must say, purely given the quality that we have, particularly in attack, given how relentless we've been in our approach over the course of the season as well, I fully expect us to, to win this game. And I think, I hope, that we'll do it comfortably. So in terms of a scoreline prediction, I'm going to go with 3-0 to Celtic, John. Unbelievable. That's what I was going to go for as well. 3-0. So I might make a change and I'll go for 4-1. As you see, I think our attacking threats and just relentless aspect of the side should be enough to get us through and I've got confidence in this team, in which could be a last hurrah for many members of the team. We'll want to make it one to remember for the fans and Hopefully we're going to get that treble one. It's what this team deserves. They've been great for the last two seasons. Who knows? It could be coming to an end. I said, of Celtic. We'll have more on that next week. 
but here's hoping that they can end this season at least winning the cup and winning a what should be a much deserved treble. But we'll need to be at our best, as you said. It's not a foregone conclusion. We'll need to treat, treat Inverness with lots of respect, and I'm sure we will. Right, so Spunkphone, thanks very much for being on the pod as usual. Not a problem. The pleasure was all mine as always, John. Um, and I must say to yourself, our dear leader, and to any of the listeners as well heading to the game, enjoy yourselves up at Hamden. Please drink responsibly. And good luck to Celtic and Ange. I'm sure we've all drank responsibly, yes. Yes, and indeed, that is the end of this week's episode of GigPod. You can catch us on all the usual podcast platforms. You know where by now you can leave us five stars, tell us how great we are, etc., etc. You can catch Stevie on Instagram at GigPod. I'm sure he'll have a ton of content from Hamden because he will be there. And I, lucky me, I will be sitting beside him. And another unnamed individual. Well, that's going to be a, a fun day for us all. Hopefully, if Celtic can get the job done. And we will be back next week. At the start of next week anyway. With the cup final review. We will have a end of season review as well. With me, Spunkphone and our dear leader Stevie. We'll also have the goals that won the league podcast that we're doing as well. And who knows. We might, we might be doing an emergency podcast as well about Ange. But, and his future at Celtic. But... We obviously can't do anything about that yet because there's still rumours and speculation, but as soon as anything concrete is out, this Celtic podcast will be there to give you more content on what will no doubt be another interesting summer at Celtic Park. Right, so all from me I'll have to say is good luck to the team on Saturday. Get that treble one. Thanks to everybody for listening. Good luck to the Hoops on Saturday at Hamden Park and hail hail. Podcast Network.